You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 40 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name is Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. Can you believe we're 40? Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm going into, I'm going to go out and, um, I don't know, should I buy a sports car? Yeah, and buy a Ferrari. Ha- and, uh, and a 23-year-old or what's, <laughs> uh, what's the deal with that? <laughs> well, I think it's very aptly named that the episode this week is called Midlife Crisis. <laughs> but uh, the reason why it's called Midlife Crisis, it's not just because it's episode 40, we've turned 40, it's because it's how to take really flattering portraits of older models. But before we move into that, what have you been up to this week? Uh, so lots of shooting this week, Val. I've, I'm pretty happy with uh, what getting on. It's been it's, it's very tiring. There's just a lot going on, but um, very exciting. And uh, I've been shooting wide as well, Val. Oh, okay. It's new for me because, you know, I prefer long over wide. What's yes. your preference? <laughs> I think we've been down this road before. You, you like long too? I do prefer yeah. shooting long yeah. for a whole variety of reasons. Um, but, uh, yes, that that's definitely my preferred approach. Um, now I'm a bit of at a loss what to say. <laughs> well, so um, <laughs> what, 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 what have you been doing? What have I been doing? Yeah. I have been snapseeding my little bum off. Yeah. Um, ever since you got me onto it, I am now addicted. I'm mm. still taking photos basically of my coffee and of um right. of, of of my cats. Yep. Uh but um I'm trying to expand the repertoire, but that that's what makes me happy. So and I was snapseeding um this coffee with some surf in the background the other day and oh, um, yeah got so some go balancing the light valve so cuz you've got what coffee in in the shade and then surf in full sun that's right but so snapseed you, helped me yeah. to you know uh balance it all out and got the be- a beautiful shimmer beautiful reflection on the coffee where, cup where are these photos instagram i have to go look you up now yeah don't you follow me on Instagram? Don't you pay you. attention? Just, but Val, mm-hmm. what stuff going on? You know? Yeah. Well, no excuse. No excuse. Oh, um, that's really good. <laughs> oh my God! Is it to you? <laughs> oh, that's really good. I, I like that you've um, given it a sort of a retro faded look. You've desaturated it a bit because it kind of went with the cup. It did. Yes. I really like that, Val. Thanks. Well That's nice. So you have an interesting link for us, I understand. From, I uh, it's And it's called, Is There a Wrong Way to Hold a Camera? From a post by Eric von Lemden. 
Yes, and this was like, it just made me happy to see this because it's basically how you hold the camera <laughs> has uh, says a lot about you as a person. So basically he's got a series of uh, images of people holding cameras in all different ways, and I know which one I am. Have you found you in there, Val? Oh, Geez, there's a few of them. So he's got um, uh, the tourist where it's just hanging around your neck. Yes. Jazz hands where holding it up but yeah, yeah, the, your, your fingers are sticking up like jazz hands. <laughs> uh, the thrill ride where you're just swinging the camera around. The, <laughs> the safe shot, which is on a tripod, of course. That's me. The, that's you? Yes, that the is safe you. safe shot. That's totally safe you. Shot. What does that say? Am I boring? No, no, you're not yeah. boring. Um, there's the rock concert where you just <laughs> hold the camera up and click and like hold the camera up in the air and click yeah. hoping that you'll get something. Your lighter in the other hand. Like, yeah, probably. But no one has lighters at concerts anymore. No, they've got mobile so, phones. Everyone holds their phones up. That's mm. the that's the thing now. I know. It's like so weird. The first time I uh, went to a concert where the artist suggested I do that, I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Mm. What? Hold, you hold my phone up. up. Yeah, lighter Val. My, my partner do, is the risk taker. He he does that. So this is, that is how he this is where you shoot sort of um, with your camera low and you, and and you're just shooting it like surreptitiously. But that's because yeah. that's how he ca captures images of the pets. Oh, is that how he does it? Yeah, so they don't freak out at the big camera. Oh, mm. there you go. There you go. But this reminds me of a shot, actually, that I took of you holding the camera. I am going to post that in the Facebook group so people can see because I am I love that shot. What uh, was that? That was on my balcony at my last place. You, and um, I, I will post that shot and uh, people can um, comment on it if they like. I, I might Snapseed it first. Oh, look at you go, Val. Look at me go. But, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a cute post. So we'll put the link in the show notes, but it's just a cute post on different ways that you can be holding the camera. You know, if you're a hipster, you hold it a certain way. If you're the okie dokie, you hold it a certain way. Uh, on. <laughs> yes. a look of surprise yes. on the face of the person. <laughs> the cap is on. on. You hold it a certain way. So uh, let's move on, though. We have a shout-out to Suzanne Sheridan, who is a member of our Facebook community. If you're interested in joining, just join. It's free. Search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. And Suzanne says, I've been writing this post in my head ever since Gina invited me to join which was a few weeks ago now. As you may have guessed, I'm a little unsure of what I'm doing, so taking the plunge, here it is. This is one of a number of shots I needed to do for a course. My inspiration was a portrait I had of a high-powered businessman reading the paper. Uh, this is my 16-year-old son and our dog. So it's a 16-year-old son in a um, shirt and tie, uh, sitting on a park bench, reading the financial review like a businessman, except he's, you know, much younger than that, next to his little white dog. And she's mentioned that she's used a Nikon with a flash through an umbrella on the left. Uh, and But what are your thoughts on that, Gina? 
Well, it's you, like, I love the that? shot. I think she's done a great job, but the, the, like, and uh, it's all awesome. But more the shout out was for having the uh, the courage because it was a big deal for her to post. Mm. And um, it, it's like people like Suzanne that I want to thank in the um, in the group because there there are lots of us who uh, wish to be uh, posting photos but just don't have the courage or ask a question and then don't have the courage. And then it's people like Suzanne who actually then do post who help everyone else. So I just wanted to, to, to acknowledge that, that it's not, you know, people are shy. I'm shy to post my photos. And, um, but, but when you do, um, you realize that, you, you know, you're helping everyone else who's getting that information as well. And it's such a, an awesome community, the sharing and um, critiquing that goes on. It's so supportive. And, and just the um, ideas. The ideas sharing that are being ideas. shared and, um, you know, people are making friends on there and chatting and, um, you know, sharing a, a, like with that shared passion for photography. I'm so proud of the Facebook page. I really am and what goes on there and everyone in there. And so, you know, thank you everyone who's posting and um, thank you to everyone who, you know, who's, who's not posting, but is just there supporting us. It's awesome. Okay. So we have a photo critique of a photo from Rob Morris and Rob posted this in the Facebook group and asked for some feedback. So the feedback is coming here and this is a shot and we'll put the shot in the show notes, but it's of a, a woman dressed up in a costume, which is a combination of steampunk versus Star Wars. So she kind of got has a steampunk outfit on, you know, with the corset and the Victoriana dressage, uh, but her, her headgear looks like she should be in the Star Wars cantina and yeah. um, and uh, he photoshopped a background which is a very fantasy sci-fi background yeah. um, afterwards of course yeah. uh, but what are your thoughts on this photo Gina? so such a striking image striking. you know really powerful very sci-fi I, I absolutely love it I love the background I love how he's uh, lit his model and I love the fact that you know he's he's done the composing thing so well he's 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 cut her out and you can't um, tell she looks like she belongs um, and uh, I think this is uh, his it's like, like a Mad Max of, background, but with yeah, you know, but instead of cars and vehicles, there's a, a steampunk hot air balloon in the background. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, so Rob is just starting out, and I have to say that this sort of work is something that I could do every day, forever and a day. I would never shoot. I would just do this. this is when I feel most like an artist. So, I understand how how Rob's so into it. It's it's fantastic. Um, I think the only uh, critique is I would probably just knock back uh, the light on the model a titch. Uh, I just think she's just a tiny bit um, too bright for the background um, and, 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 and that's pretty much it. I think he's done an amazing job. I think it looks 
just looks great. Um, I think the, the, the other tell is that I think the background, I had a good uh, look in quite tight, and I don't know if it's Facebook, but the background is a slightly different resolution to his uh, original image. So you can, you can sort of, if you look in very closely, you can see, you can tell the difference in res, like it's the background slightly grainier. So um, if there's anything you can do about that, then, you know, but aside from that, um, really cool image. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah, it's yep. very, 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 very striking. Yes. Right, so let us move on to our midlife crisis and how <laughs> to take really flattering portraits of older models. Yes. <laughs> oh, because it happens, especially if you are shooting them at the same time or in the same shoot or in the same, you know, frame as younger ones. Mm. You know, I was just last week I was at uh, – I had to do a thing to camera and I'm, you know <laughs> – uh, I'm older than our episode and um, <laughs> everyone else in the room was in their 20s mm. and you know fortunately they had a ring light there and you know they did all the right things for a decent kind of beauty shot but I you know I have to say my insecurities came out mm. when I was being shot at the same time as people in their 20s so do go on. So the thing with um, photographing older skin tones, and I know this is like, um, this is the only way that I can describe an older skin tone, and I hope no one takes offence to this, but I just want to like describe the older skin tone in relation to um, the surface of the moon. <laughs> and you hope no one takes offence. Okay, go on. Because... Wait for this. So... What happens is um, as as skin ages, we start to get like, uh, you know, the wrinkles and the creases when young skin is like firm and taut and sort of like, a, you know, smooth. So when you light that, it's very easy to get a great shot because mm. you're not, there's nowhere for the, the shadows to catch. Yes. But as, as, as as we age, like we get the lines, uh, the folds around the nose, you get uh, even the chin, uh, you might get some extra weight around the chin, you'll get um, sort of uh, bags happening under the eyes. Mm. And so a certain style of lighting is not going to cut it. So there's, there's, there's certain styles of lights that are going to be more flattering and styles to avoid. So when I'm working with um, older skin tones, I go generally for very soft, diffused light. If you want to go with uh, daylight to do that, the perfect day for that is if there is, um, if it's an overcast day, not heavily overcast, Val, but like I think the ideal is sort of like you, you know there's sun behind there. It, it Like you're not getting, if you put your hand out um, over the ground, the shadow that you would see would be really hardly hardly there, but you could still see some sort of shadow, yeah. okay? That sort of softness. So that light, if you think of razor light as bouncing around all over the place, that sort of light on a skin tone, the light is going to bounce around everywhere. And what you want to do is fill in like all the, like, you know, even if it like wasn't the, the surface of the moon, imagine it was like a canyon with valleys mm -hmm. and mountains, all right? If if the sun uh, hit at a certain angle and it was very hard, where where the mountains were beyond those would cause shadow, 
-hmm. and it's hard to get the light in the valley. So yes. the surface of the face, you want to fill in as much light as possible. So you want soft light directional that fills. So the best light for that, Val, is if you've got um, uh, very, very large windows mm -hmm. inside and you have those large windows as the photographer at your back. Right. Okay. Yes. So the windows are behind you yes. and you put the model in front of you. So they're being lit by these two very large windows flat on okay. into the face. Mm -hmm. Okay. Softest light possible. And what that does is it's going to fill in any um, any little uh, crevices. And that's basically what the ring light d does when you're on set. Mm. Okay. So it lights all around. Um, so that you want soft light, you want it to be as diffuse as possible. Another scenario where you will get that is where you've got uh, uh, an overhang of a building, an eave or uh, a veranda or a garage. You've yeah. got hard light um, from the sun, but full sun hitting in the co concrete in front and you stand your model right up to the edge of the shade between shade and sunlight and the light bounces up into the face. If the ground is uh, not a great colour, like it's, uh, you know, concrete that's been painted, um, green or something like that, that's not great. You want to have like a white or like a, a, a light grey sort of colour is going to give you the best light bouncing up into the face. And Gina is absolutely right because G I was doing a series of videos once and Gina then rang me and said, you're lighting your shit. <laughs> it's horrendous you got to do this this and this and this and one of the things that she said to me was because we had a, a shed that had that white concrete and she said just stand just inside where the shade is so that the concrete the sun bounces off the concrete and onto your face and I shot the next video that way and um and the comments were instant. It's like, oh, my God, look what you did to the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's uh, possibly the best light in the world, that that one and that scenario uh, and the one where you've got the massive windows at your back to shoot into. That's, that's classic beauty lighting. Now, like a few episodes uh, ago, I talked about um, beauty lighting using flash and... and um, and uh, a, a light modifier. Yeah. Well, where you have the classic beauty lighting is where you've got um, a, a beauty light above, directly above, and square on to the the model's face. So it's just a, a directly above, and the light is hitting the face. And what happens is it lights the face, and then the, the it goes to shadow very rapidly. All right. That's in a studio. Do you know you can recreate that outside using sunlight? Right, really? Beauty lighting, yes. So basically you can um, try and achieve it like if you've got a, a thin cover of cloud mm. over sun, all right, so, so that there, there is like a bit of shadow. When, when you, if you, you test, you put your hand to the ground, you'll notice that there's some shadow. Mm. And the sun is at 11 a.m. or 2 p.m. Right. It's at beauty light. It's, 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 it's in exactly the same position that you would have your beauty light. Right? right. Okay. Yes. And so I photographed someone during the week and it looked incredible. It was like it gave the exact same effect as a beauty light. Beautiful catch lights in the eye. Mm. It fills in all the, um, you know, any lines under the eyes. It, it filled out her face 
beautifully. She looked incredible. So this was actually an older woman in her mid-40s, and I'd shot her in open shade before that, and um, nowhere near as flattering as using this style of lighting. So so give that a try because it, it's, um, it's great lighting and you don't need to pull out a light, but you can only do it between 11 and 2. It's actually at exactly the right angle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, another really great way, like you can have uh, backlit and then you can also uh, fill fill forward with um, with soft lighting that 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 works well. Um, and then I mentioned open shade. Yes. Things you want to avoid, Val, are very hard flash. Right. Okay. Because that's obviously not going to be uh, all that flattering. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm actually on my knees as I talk to you now because Gary's lost his ball. So. <laughs> Gary uh, is Gina's dog for anyone who is new to the podcast. And, um, oh, God. And um, so <laughs> it's hard to concentrate. Hard flash. Yes. Hard sunlight. Yes. So you never want to be – so that's why I was saying that scenario earlier where you've got a, like a little bit of um, uh, cloud cover because if it's hard light, it's just going to – we're trust trying to avoid anything that's going to cast shadows. Yes. All right? Um, and so – I think that, that so many people, you know, who haven't thought it through, when you're little, your parents say to you, Oh no! Don't do it in the shade. Go and do it in the sun. You'll be brighter. Because <laughs> maybe back then cameras in those days couldn't take photos in the that's shade. The, that's why, Belle. That's oh. exactly why. But the thing is, is if you can, like, f first of all, shooting in full sun is very difficult because it's squinty. So yes, there's a whole squinty. section of the population that can't even um, barely open their eyes in full sun. So you've mm. got that issue. But if you can, I mean, I used to, because I was so, didn't have a tripod, I was shooting with film. When I started out, I used to photograph all my models in full sun. Right. I used to do it in full sun because if you, I would tilt their head in a certain way that it was, again, like using that beauty dish and have the light, as long as the light hits them flat on. Yes. And there's nowhere for, you know, shadows to be created because mm -hmm. it's the shadows that age the face. Yes. The creation of shadows. So if you can light them um, flat on in mm -hmm. sunlight, then it works. But okay. it's just not, it's not pretty. And I think most uh, people are going to be feel uncomfortable because they're going to feel like it's not, it's not going to be pretty. So if the, the sun's directly above the head, what happens is the, 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 the sh you get raccoon eyes. Yes, yes. So basically, like you, the, the forehead's lit, the cheeks are lit, but in the eye sockets, mm. they go to black. Yep. And that's, it's not flattering. Unless you're a raccoon, then it's very <laughs> sexy. But to everyone else, not great. Or a panda. Yeah, panda eyes, same thing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so if you ever want to, you know, meet a record, you post your uh, profile pic, you'll pick up raccoons or pandas. <laughs> okay, I don't know where that's going, but let's move on to the next bit then. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, I did I mention fluoro lighting? Uh, what, bat fluoro? I hate fluoro lighting. Can I tell you something about fluoro lighting? Mm -hmm. It is the ugliest light in the world. Agreed. And just for everyone listening, never, ever organise a business meeting, a first date or anything when you need to make a first impression in fluoro lighting because 
It's the ugliest lighting in the world. No I one looks good in it. on a date once and oh, I don't know. lighting? No, but uh, I, I don't know how this came up in conversation, but um, I was going on about how much I hate fluoro lighting. <laughs> and he said, oh, my whole house is fluoro lighting. <laughs> that's it. That's the end of the relationship. Mm. <laughs> anyway, go on. So, yeah, you avoid uh, fluoro lighting and also um, uh, red light, which you mean can red often light? be caused. So, sometimes. Who's gonna have you, red light? Might, well, <laughs> you might get, like, you know, those uh, red market umbrellas that they sometimes have or awnings that they have outside uh -huh. restaurants and cafes. Well, sometimes people shoot under those because it's nice open shade. Uh huh. Right? But what happens is the light under there is quite red. Yes. Right, so okay. it's not pretty. So right. sort of avoid that yes, as yes. well. All right. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of uh, lenses and camera settings when oh, you shoot Val, yes. okay, so we talked about wide and long. Oh, yeah. So uh, my preference it's is long. for these, yes, the That's longer the better. Yes. Okay, yes. because uh, what it does is it compresses the facial features. Right. And uh, it, it is the most uh, flattering lens uh, okay. to use for portraits, okay? So uh, 85 and above if you right. can. Okay. Yeah. 50 is what you really look like. Yep. And anything under that, the face starts to look a bit distorted. And the closer you are to the person, the more distorted they're going to get. So if you're trying to do a portrait and just fill the frame uh, with someone with a 24-millimeter lens, so you want to fill fill the frame, you've got to get, you're practically on top of them. Yeah. Yep. Fill the frame. And their face is going to spread. <laughs> Beautiful. It's not, a, it's not pretty. No. It's okay, not, so shoot long is the bottom line. Shoot long. In terms of um, your settings for your camera, shoot as wide open as possible, which means select uh, an aperture, uh, the smallest number. So yes. back in um, how to shoot manual mode, Val, I gave you an easy way to remember because people often get confused uh, between apertures, yes. uh, which is the sharpest and which is the That's less right. sharp. So it's the number of items that you want sharp in the frame. The higher the number, the more parts of the um, image are going to be sharp. So F22, uh, higher number, lots of images sharp in the frame. Yes. F1.2, F2.8, F2 F4, less items in the frame are going to be Sharp. Sharp. So the most flattering f-stop for portraits is somewhere, uh, is, is wide open basically. So you're focusing on the eyes. Yep. The eyes are always sharp. And then what happens is uh, it starts to drop off. The focus, the focus starts to drop off as you get to the skin tone. Mm. So the skin is slightly out of focus, which is always a good thing. So you get that sort and of... And the great thing is it doesn't detail. actually look out of focus. It just it looks doesn't. like great skin. But if you're shooting an older person and then you shoot, you've got everything sharp, so there you shoot at 22, Yeah, you're going to see... Uh, every, every nook and cranny. Every little nook and cranny. And no one ever, ever is going to say, I love how detailed... I love yeah. all my pores. <laughs> how much detail you'd captured in my face. Thank you. No. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's the uh, light and camera settings, Val. Fantastic.
that's that's great. And I and I and I love that trick shooting uh, with as wide open as possible with that to get the best skin tone. The best skin tone. So, but just with that, you just need to be careful um, because often, like if you're shooting at like one point two, mm. and you're focused on the eyes, mm. like at one point two, the camera will it'll start to go out of focus just at sort of towards the edge of the eye, right? And it the tip of the nose is out of focus, yes, and the ears are out of focus. So that can often not be great. So I, I sort of like, you know, split the difference. And I, I think a good portrait around, you know, 2.8 to 4 yep. is still good. And the longer the lens, the more fall off you're going to get Yes, in the portrait. So that's going to give you lovely, flattering uh, skin tone. Love it. All right? Yep. So next... Val, um, for the flattering skin tone is uh, for uh, flattering portraits, uh, pose. Poses for older models. Poses for older models. Okay. The thing that happens, uh, uh, this is like a therapy session now too. I I almost feel like I should be lying on the couch (laughs) just talking about what happens as you grow older, Val, (laughs) is things start to sort of sag. Yes, they do. And so the sort of the first tell, you know, in an older skin tone is, is um, the jaw just becomes a bit, a bit softer. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. So, so there might be a little, little bit more extra weight around the jawline. And it's not that, you know, you, not many people in their 40s. Um, Do you mean like a double chin? Well, a double chin, but not even like not not everyone is going to have a double chin, yes. but it's just a bit softer. Oh, around, I see. A yes, doughy around your, there. Your, your so jowls. The j- jowls appear, and it just becomes, um, yeah, a bit softer. So, um, to 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 like, what makes a great um, portrait is like seeing a strong jawline. And so, luckily, there's a couple of things you can do to to help that because if you just shoot in a certain way, you can emphasise the softness of the jawline, or we can make it a bit more angular. So basically what I like to do to get a tight jaw is try and encourage my models to push their face towards camera. Oh, yes, like walk like an Egyptian. Yeah, so you're just like pushing the entire face towards the camera. Now, that what that does is it actually uh, stretches all the skin mm. Um, mm. on the neck. And uh, the jaw, and uh, it just makes everything look really tight. So, when anyone, if anyone's ever photographing you, that's the first, it's <laughs> the first thing you should do is just push your face yeah, great. <laughs> towards camera. But, but what I do when I'm uh, posing people is the way that you can get people to do that, and they're not, they don't feel like they have to do anything, is just get them to lean on something. Yeah, and that right. Always forces the jawline forward. So, like, I might have a bench that uh, is maybe uh, just a little bit higher than, um, just sort of, uh, just around waist height, a little bit higher, and you get them to to lean on forward on that mm. and lean towards camera. And what that does is it just pushes the jawline and the neckline and everything forward. Or you could get them to straddle a chair. And oh, rest yes. their arms over the chair has the same effect. The so anything that, approach. Yes, anything that's going to um, cause that sort of leaning forward action, right, will do the job. Okay, it's a very flattering way, uh, and this is just for a 
for a, a, a portrait headshot of someone, but very flattering. And that's um, great for uh, people smaller sizes and also plus size models as well. Works really well because it just uh, pulls everything nice and tight. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool. other thing to do uh, is uh, bend arms for better definition. So any excuse, never have the arms hanging by the sides because, again, what, what, what tends to happen, um, older women and men, is um, as they age, just sort of the arms can just lose all any sort of muscle definition. So um, bending the arms is going to help. Uh, do that because again it's stretching everything out so always give people um, an excuse to bend their hands so they can put their hands in their pockets mm. um, put them in front bring them together in front of their um, uh, in front of their waist pretend like they're um, buttoning something up uh, so that even looks natural or like they're rubbing their hands together anything like that that gives you an excuse to uh, bend the hands is going to make the arms look a little bit better Okay, right. cool. Um, and another thing, like leaning leaning forward towards camera as well, is what just do you mean, going with that. So, so just a, a slight lean, especially if someone's uh, um, a little bit heavier. Uh, if you get them, you to, mean if it's front on, have yeah, a slight lean. Just it's not doing a full length, but just like leaning towards camera is going to have a, a, a great effect. Just bending at look. your hips. So you're standing. What I'd probably do is get them to uh, stand in the uh, David pose, the statue uh-huh. of David pose, yeah. which is like a contrapposto stance. Yeah. And um, and then from that, just at the waist, just lean. And I'm not, I'm not it shouldn't be noticeable, Val, but okay. it's just a, tr- a slight tip towards camera. Oh, all right. Help, yeah, with the whole look of everything. So you've got the arms bent and you've got that slight lean and that just helps. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I haven't heard that tip before. Well, there you go. It's a new one, Val. Mm. I like to just, you know, yeah, mix it up mix a it bit. Up. <laughs> um, all right. Next, Val, um, I want to talk about giving direction. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I think it like that. this is going to make the difference between a good shot and a great shot and how you direct um, and, and bring out the best in people. So have you ever noticed that um, – if you go, uh, you see people on holiday and they post their photos, mm-hmm. how good everyone looks. Yes. What is it about? <laughs> if they're uninhibited. Yeah. They're happy. They're having a good time. Yeah. So when you see someone and the smile is real, that mm. actually takes, that can take like 10 years off someone's face. Oh, yes. Doesn't it? Mm. You just see that genuine smile. So it's our job as photographers to try and give them a reason to uh, smile uh, genuinely and uh, authentically. And that's uh, it takes a bit of work and it's all about having them feel comfortable uh, with you. So, um, you know, I, I think I always make an effort to try and, and break the ice first if I've got time with someone and have a little chit-chat mm. with them because if someone gets to know you and then they like you, they're going to trust you. Mm. Once they trust you, you know, you can get that little banter going and there are there is a higher chance that you're going to get that natural smile and that laugh. And but if they're if they're unsure about you or they're nervous or they're afraid, that's written all over their face yeah. and it's going to be a lot harder to bring out the 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 
you know, the best in them. So I go for um, asking non-threatening questions and getting the chit chat going. So if they've come and you're you're meeting them somewhere, you might ask. I mean, I'm just giving, I'm making them up as I go. Val, yeah. like you know, did you did you drive in or take the train? You know, um, and uh, what part of town are you from? Have you always lived there? And uh, or you know, might notice something um, that they're wearing a hat or a brooch or something like that. But you also want to get to the point where they're asking you things, they're giving you clues about their life. Like they might mention, oh, I had to drop the kids off first. So mm. there you go, you got an in to talk about the kids. But but you want to find ways to um, have something in common with them. So it's like, I'm like you, then they like you, you know, yes. so that you can connect and get that trust. And yeah. then and then work to um, how you direct. And then we go from there. We've talked about this before, Val, where I might, um, you know, get them to take them to a place in their mind where they're not thinking, they're not worried, but they're a lot happier. So I do a lot of visualisation with people where I'll take them on their last holiday. I'll visualise. So you were on the beach um, and uh, you had the blue umbrella, you had a gin and tonic in your hand, the sun's setting, tell me what else is happening. And you're taking their mind to that place. Mm so that you light them up and, and make them happy. And this works. It works really well awesome. rather than just saying, don't worry, everything's going to be okay, smile. Yes. You know? So so the other day um, uh, I was getting photographed and they did not know how to direct. And right. so I had to – it was really bizarre because I had to I, – I just stood there and I thought – Pretend Gina is behind the camera and pretend Gina is saying, think about Rexy, think about Rexy, the, my cat. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just too – it was actually too much for me to try and pretend and then think about Rexy and pretend you were there. I think I just looked pained in the end. Was it a photo shoot or film? Photo shoot. Yes. It was just painful. <laughs> I think I just looked quite pained. But, um, yeah, so that just didn't work. But anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. The next thing, Val, I want to talk about is um, color choices for skin tones. So basically, um, different colors are going to affect skin tone, oh, and that yeah. can have a big effect on how people look. So I think um, anyone uh, over a certain age for photos, black just doesn't work no it drains all the color out of people's faces so yeah. try and avoid um black uh, uh, as much as possible or if they unless you're really pale and you've got blonde hair it can sometimes work then yes but i think few people it's just yes. like in photos it's too much it's too much contrast yes if they insist on like, or you don't have a choice, but that they have to wear black, then try and bring in some colour into the shot. So yep. it might be a scarf around around the neck, or uh, coloured accessories like earrings or something like that that just bring a bit of colour. Um, there's a really good trick, Val, to um, working out what colours to choose. Like, so if you've got someone who's come to see you for a portrait session and they've, they've, they've selected five or six garments that they want to wear of all mm. different colours, basically if uh, you've got a situation where you've got a portable mirror or it, there is a mirror and you have light, again, like so good beauty lighting, so you've got windows directly behind you as the photographer 
okay? And you get the model to stand next to you and you have the mirror in front of you, mm. okay? So it's brightly lit and then you get them to um, hold the, the clothing up, up to their face mm -hmm. and have a look at which clothing, the, which colour works best because you'll see the change in the eyes. Mm. Like if someone's got blue eyes and they bring like a oh. blue shirt up, Yes, you the the eyes pop up, mm. and the wrong colour they look like caca. Yes, so okay. it can have a huge effect. So I always like um, blue, dark blue is going to look great with brown eyes. Looks great, you know. Certain colours of blue eyes, there's certain colours of blue that really bring out the shade in blue. So every every colour and, and, you know, people are either cool or warm skin tone. Um, there's all these uh, the techniques to work out what sort of – but this is just a really simple quick trick to yes. use that it is great to work out, well, how do you know what colour to ask them to wear? Try this one. Cool. All right? Okay. Good one. So um, – there's a few sort of styling tips that are going to help uh, people look better in photos. So for women, um, getting them into a, like a dark uh, bootleg pants, and you know what bootlegs are, yeah. they're bared down the bottom, mm. really flattering because it actually makes um, the, the, the flare at the ankle gives the illusion that people are got leaner and taller. Mm. Right, and then you can put um, long tops over there, and so they um, sort of hide a lot of um, stuff that you want to. So very, very flattering. Mm -hmm. um, and then a cropped or a fitted jacket makes the waist appear smaller. Oh yes. And I always say, the higher the heels for a photo shoot, they'd never have to walk in them. They just need to stand in them. Mm. Make the legs look longer and uh, look taller, and they. Um, give better def definition to the legs as well. So often very flattering. Uh, if people have concerns about their arms uh, at this point, then... Um, Which I, I, so many people many of a certain age do. do. And it's, um, it's like uh, often a problem area. So you can... You can there's like there's, there's great tops that you can wear. And some of them are quite uh, sexy where they might be... Um, they will be like a, a sort of a sheer fabric, but there might be a slit. So you will still see skin through there but it's the line of the fabric actually uh, gives the illusion that the arms are, uh, are thinner and leaner yes. than they really are so that's really good so um, finding like uh, little cardigans like you can get cardigans that that are that, that are long up to the elbows mm. to, to cover arms and and, the, and they look great as well um, just to cover cover the arms so and the other thing Val Another really good trick to elongate the body is long scarves or long necklaces. I guess. Give the illusion that the body is longer. Okay, yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great little trick uh, for, for accessories and, lo and like long cardigans as well. All elongate the body. So that's a good little thing. You know, um, like the structured fabrics that that like um, will cinch the body in at the way, and I'm, I'm, obviously this is for girls. Mm, yes, <laughs> that cinch in the waist. Yeah, um, a really good to give that hourglass figure very very flattering for women. So like you know, looking for those structured dresses. Like I'm thinking those like 1950 style dresses are the first ones that come to mind. They're so flattering. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, you know, uh, on on a, on a sort of an older model. And as well as that, high waisted pants make uh, legs look longer as well. And uh, yeah, we we talked about the splash of. Uh, those 50 style dresses are only good if you have so, a waist to cinch in. If you yes. are barrel shaped, it does not look good at all. So when you're photographing someone who is barrel shaped, uh, a lot of people make the mistake that they will crop in to a body like that, whereas it's like that's, that's going to even make them look squarer. So what I do, full length shots. Right. Full length shots on their own, uh, there's nothing to compare to. People actually look a lot uh, longer and leaner than they actually appear than, than if they've got, like, if you crop in, you, you start to make people look really square. Mm -hmm. okay? okay. So, that's a, yeah, a good trick. With guys, yes. I tend to avoid, for older guys, T-shirts, unless they're, um, like, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, it's, and, or, or if they're fairly fit, a T-shirt's going to look fantastic. Mm. But if they're not, I tend to go for shirts. Yeah. Shirts are really flattering um, on guys and they, they, they hide a lot more. So uh, a shirt will look better. Um, always make sure that pants fit well because if something's too tight, it's, it's, not, it's not that flattering. And then the jackets as well can be uh, flattering or a vest always looks good on a guy. Um, and then if they're a plus-size guy, shoot them full length as well and standing up. What happens, because this has happened to me when I have, um, you know, styled shoots or, you know, produced shoots. So I haven't been the photographer, but I've organised the talent. Um, and this sometimes happens with celebrities and, you know, high-profile people. And they've actually – we haven't had a stylist because we have briefed the talent, yeah. you know, bring this, bring this, bring this. And I've certainly been in situations where all the clothes are too small. Yeah. What happens then? You panic. Because <laughs> <laughs> I photographed a, a – Yep, very famous Australian actor. And, yeah, he had just sort of put, you know, chunked up. He was yeah, he was yeah. one of those hot, hot, hot yeah. um, guys with amazing bodies. But he kind of chunked up in between jobs, and that's happened yeah. to be when we were shooting him, and none of the clothes fit properly. Yeah. So what happens then? What can so you do? I've been in that situation, someone runs to the shops and buys <laughs> all the clothes. That's actually what happens. <laughs> right. You know, and then we all stand around looking at Facebook while we're waiting for the clothes to come because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> what does that do for the ego of the guy? It's awful. It's an awful. So I always, I always now when we've got one of those big shoots, I always say make sure the talent have tried all the clothes on mm. first because there's nothing worse then for them to have to go, well, you know, nothing fits mm. and then we all have to hold up the shoot. So, mm. like, we try and get all those um, done before. And a good stylist, Val, mm. brings sizes either side. Sure, yes. Well, that, yes. So in that situation, we didn't have time to run to the shops because we were in a studio that wasn't very near shops. Mm. And uh, the only option we were left with, so we wanted to do all of these different looks, but that was impossible. We could only do one. And mm. there was one, he had blue eyes, and he still has blue eyes. And he, we there was one shirt that was a really nice blue. It could not button up. 
at all because it was, you know, and it was stretching around his shoulders. The only option, though, was to shoot him super, super tight, kind of like when you described the Christine Keeler kind yeah. of pose, but really tight so you could see some of the shirt and it did bring out his blue eyes and that was yeah. literally the only thing. But it was a shame because it was meant to be several pages with lots of yeah. shots, but in yeah. the end it only became two pages. Well. He must have been devastated. Yeah, I don't think he felt great about it. Poor guy. He's gone on to become a super successful actor, though, so. Has he? Yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> okay, anything else? Um, so, well, actually, I have a question. Yeah. Because often, now I go to, because I'm of a certain age, I go to some of my friends' houses and they've got their shots, family portraits up there, and sometimes I go, oh, bit too much retouching there mm. or the shots that they're using for you know whatever I just go oh there's you know I'm, I, I don't have a problem with Photoshop at all but sometimes it can be overdone yeah what is is there a guideline or a rule in terms of how much or if any retouching we should so, do for people of uh, older models so when we first all started playing with Photoshop, we went to town and basically uh, would Photoshop all expression from people's <laughs> yes. faces. Yeah. So there was this whole era where everybody was uh, just eyes and <laughs> shiny, shiny skin. Like airbrushed. It, just awful. It looked like um, uh, someone had, had put um, cling wrap is it saran wrap in America, yes, cling wrap yes. over people's faces and they look embalmed. It yes. was awful. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so those um, those uh, boudoir shots that you see people do, they, they tend to do that as well, which is, um, yeah, over the top. The technique now for, for retouching is to uh, do it in a way that you, ca you can't tell the photo's been retouched. Yeah. Sorry, that was Gary. <laughs> and um, so, so the 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 best the, what to avoid with um, post production is uh, that whole uh, to have uh, too much uh, contrast in the midtones. Mm. So that whole grungy look uh, not going to look good, uh, particularly on women. And anything that's going to increase contrast is going to uh, make people look older because you're adding shadows back into the crevices. Sure. Okay, so but that's we wanna... not usually what people are doing when they're retouching older no. people. No, so so the best way to uh, retouch, uh, to, to, to make it look like it's it's undetectable is I use a technique, uh, a burn and, burn and dodge technique. Oh, yes. The shadows and highlights. So It's like what we used to do when we developed black and white exactly film. exactly what we used to do when we developed and using it in Photoshop. So you're basically creating a, a new layer to, and, and you're using your a burn, a, a brush and uh, where there's shadows, you're, you're reducing the shadows. So it's, and, uh, Not erasing them. You're not erasing them. So basically what I will do with a retouch is, uh, is uh, create it on a new layer and knock it back about 50, not even 20%. Mm -hmm. And if you've done all the other things right, if, if you've lit someone well, mm. the need for retouching is fairly minimal. I'm telling you that shot I did um, the other day using uh, sunlight and, you know, overcast day using my um, 
outdoor beauty dish. Barely had to do anything. She, like, she looked amazing. So if the lighting's right, there aren't going to be many shadows, Val, mm. pick up on. So you can just go in and just minimise uh, Burn and Dodge and use a bit of um, a little bit of healing. And uh, so when I'm retouching, I use uh, the uh, clone tool on Lighten channel we have to do a whole podcast it's very hard to do a podcast on retouching though we should, yeah we now we're going to do we should do a series of videos yes like we'll screencast we, screencast yeah let's do that let's do that okay yeah we will i'll just go through my basics yep. uh of, okay we'll do that yep. for sure that'd be a good way to do it yeah so um yeah as as and uh i i do avoid like people do um blur to make mm. the skin tone look but that you can tell mm. You can tell. So you just want to go through and um, just get rid of any like little blemishes, any any little bumps Simple. selectively, you know, dots, and then uh, remove any um, uh, shadows. So it's generally under the eyes. You you know, remove the, the, the folds of the skin around the nose are another one, and then mm. there's often crow's feet around the eyes and then in the forehead as well. So just diminish them. So if you remove all the lines, Val, mm. Uh, the people lose any uh, facial expression yes. and it actually looks wrong and that's the tell. It's, and it doesn't look real. It doesn't look real, but yeah. you want it to look, you just want people to look great. Yes. Like they've just been on a holiday and they look fresh. They are of a certain age, but you can't see all of that yep. as much. So you knock it back by a certain percentage. But yeah, definitely let's do a video. Okay, great. Mm. So that brings us actually to the end of our episode this week. I think that that's been, yeah, fascinating. Uh, midlife crisis, how to take really flattering portraits of older models. And we hope that you've gotten some tips out of this week's episode as well. Just a reminder to join us on our Facebook community. Search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and you can post your images and we're always in there and um, you can post your uh, photos for Gina to critique um, and uh, you know chat to us it's it's great fun we love it uh, and or, or give us a shout out or on social media um, Gina what are you on Twitter so at Gina Militia G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and that's on Twitter and Instagram as well. And just go yep. to GinaMilitia.com to join Gina's newsletter. I'm at Valerie Koo. And uh, if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a ranking or review on iTunes, we'd really, really appreciate it because it really helps us in the rankings and helps us keep bringing this podcast to you. Mm. So that's it for this week. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.